Greg, why don't you go ahead and give us the open today? Episode 397. You look like you're fresh out of the wrapper, but you were just on Shred and Ragged. So Thomas, is, wait, Thomas is waiting for you I'm to waiting. do the open. Exactly. Waiting for what? <laughs> for you to do the open. The open. Okay. Uh, Thomas, uh, no, welcome episode, to... Episode. Episode what? I don't even know what it is. Thomas, I just 300, said... 3, 397. 397. That's pretty impressive. How many of those do you remember? Uh, only the last one, which was yesterday. You barely remember that. All right. What did we talk about? We talked Bills. Talked Bills because I went to the game. Thomas... How many how many Bills games did you go to in your time here in Buffalo? Did you have you ever oh. tailgated? Yeah, yeah, we did. Okay. Uh, I, I couldn't. I can't remember if it was a Sunday night or Monday nighter against the Cowboys that played uh, kick and uh, Bills lost the game, but hey. it was a blast. I, I, I remember the game. I don't remember the details. I'm kind. Of, I'm. I'm not as bad as Rivs, but I'm getting close to him. <laughs> I, all I remember is that at one point in the fourth, I'm pretty sure the Bills were up nine points or something like that. And yeah. like, oh, they're going to win. And it was a late touchdown. Then all of a sudden they got the ball back, two throws, 50 yarder, game over. And the stadium was dead quiet. I'll help finish Craig's uh, open here. Episode 397 <laughs> after the whistle. That's pretty good, though, wasn't it? Well you, well, you forgot the key, the key detail of presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Oh, let him do that with that Holy with that jumping. funny voice. Nothing else matters. There you go, guys. <laughs> Lots to talk about. I, I will say this. I I, I want to. I just I want to talk about this again because I am just. I uh, I went to the Bills game just very quickly, Thomas, because we talked about this yesterday. But I went to a Bills game, and for the very I've only been to. Um, three bills games in since I've come to Buffalo 15 years ago. Uh, and I, I tailgated for the first time and I'm going to tell you, man, what, what an experience, what an unbelievable, it's just right up my alley. It's just freezing cold weather. You know, you got your snow pants on everything. There's had to be 50 fires. People are bringing their own fire pits, wood in the back of their trucks. It was, they cook out people. Everybody was so friendly having, it was just a big party. It was the greatest thing. It was a great, it's, it was awesome. Bills ended up losing. Um, but I, 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 I still think that the bills played well. They just, it, it came down to just a couple plays. I'm not even joking. It came down to like three so, plays that I think, uh, can I ask you something, the Craig? complete outcome. Yes. I got to ask you something because okay. everything you just said, you okay. said yesterday. So is there some way you want to incorporate Thomas into two discussions and that are the same? Oh, no, because I know, I, you know, I know Thomas loves football. I know, but I, I, I already heard it yesterday too. Yeah. I actually oh, you listened. watched it. Uh, no, I didn't you watch. I didn't watch you tailgate. No, I listened to the I episode to the and heard episode. about you tailgating. <laughs> see, I uh, like. I have I one first... question though. Did you see uh, Jason Kelsey there? It looked like he had a blast. He was right behind me. Okay. So I was in. Uh, I was in uh, section one forty three, right behind me. 
Kelsey tarp off the whole shoot match, yeah. just actor and belligerent and loving the. How about outside? The did you see him tailgate? I mean, th- well, there's he, clips I, going he, on. Yeah, I, like he was in the mix, uh, yeah. just doing shooters and the whole shoot match, just loving uh, the atmosphere. I thought that was pretty sick. Like, I thought how it was amazing awesome. Our Bills fans, man. Just like this guy's like the enemy of the state, man. This guy was an enemy for so many years, being just a, an absolute legend, uh, you know, for for uh, Philadelphia. And, and now all of a sudden he's there just partying with with Bill's Mafia. And it's just like, man, this Wearing Bill's a Chiefs Mafia is just gives me chills. Like now that I ex- experience this, like, holy shit, man, it's a way of what's, life. What's, way of what's life. with the shirts off? Tarps off. What's that? I mean, that's it's, it's cold here, man. Part of so Bill's Mafia. I remember when we played cold. the outer game. Yeah, oh yeah. People all over with their tarps off. I, I know. Awesome. I, it's just like, you know, you take your tarp off and it's friggin' minus I don't like, whatever it was. You know, you're I don't you're, like you're going, cold that guy's areolas. You know what I mean? I don't I don't like cold areolas. You know what an areola is, Riff? Didi. What? Just like we can't have a just a just a great conversation <laughs> about this is like football. I'm, Craig, football I'm allowing players. you to have two conversations in a row back to back here. So I'm asking you just before we change gears, do you know what an areola is? Yep. What? I don't want to say it. Okay. Why? I don't want to what? say it. What's it uncomfortable? <laughs> What's an areola? Moving on. Craig, tell me what an areola is. It's just gross. Is it because we're, we're talking tarps off? Is it exposing yeah, what's your an chest? areola, Craig? Why is it? What's gross about it? You're looking it. Up. I don't like talking about nipples, Petey. Oh, you're looking it up. See him looking it up. No, he's I'm not. Looking, I'm not looking it up. It, it's looking. like, like it's you know, it's you just you're so offside. Like you just can't the, have a what? normal conversation. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. Is the word nipple offside? I mean, I could have told you the nipple right away. Yeah, exactly. This is what he does. What Barely got about? through grade 12, but I've never seen a smarter guy after grade 12. I'm not, I'm Google does that. wonders. <laughs> right. I was just asking if you knew what an areola was, because, yeah. you know, it's there's nothing wrong with saying give cold. I don't like my cold. I don't like my nipples being cold. Listen, moving on, meat stick. Okay, you know, whose nipples, gonna, you know uh, whose nipples are going to be cold? Carrie, uh, Corey Perry's out in uh, Edmonton. What do you think, Thomas? <laughs> that 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 the right spot for him? Uh, I don't I don't know about right spot. I guess we we don't know his other options. You know, there, there's rumors out there. There's other options, but I mean, it's 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 a team that may makes complete sense and made complete sense to me two months ago. Yep. So you like you like the spot in where in where he picked. I I'm going to tell you this. I think there'd be a number of teams interested in Corey Perry. I don't know how many teams would be interested in Corey Perry, but I would believe that the way he, that he has played throughout his career and what he has done and all that, I he's, he's a multiple Stanley Cup winner. He just finds ways to be excellent when it comes I think to playoff one. I think he's he just won one, but it's still one more than us, so I can't even Did he win in anything. Tampa Bay? I don't he think went. so. I think he went to three straight finals, but he lost all of them. Did he really? It wasn't it Dallas, Montreal, and then Tampa? All right, Petey looked that up. At 775, I'm sure there was a lot more suitors, right? 
at $4 million, what he signed with the Blackhawks, probably yeah. not many suitors. Yeah. So, no, I think it's a great fit. I mean, that's, it's, you know, he's a playoff performer, grit. Oh, my God. Rat. Yeah. He, he went three years where he played, he played 72 playoff games in three years Dallas, Montreal, Tampa. Yeah, you're right. Three different teams. Really uh, good addition by uh, the Oilers, I believe. And well, especially the, they're on an absolute heater. Here's the question about Corey Perry that I have for you guys. Uh, the great thing about this is you can kind of insert him in your lineup whenever you want. And do you think they put him in right away, Thomas, on a 13-game winning streak? Or do you think they just kind of buy time with him and, and insert him and not maybe disrupt the chemistry that's going on, let him acclimate, let him get settled with the guys, the team, the practices, and then maybe throw him in a game down the stretch? Well, down the stretch, I think there's still a lot of games left. Do they have to put him in? I don't know when their next game is tonight or tomorrow. I, I don't think so at all. I have no idea how much he has skated the last two months, but I think you take your time, right? That's a, I mean, he is 38, 39. Yep. I think you, you give him at least a week of, you know, full practices, team practices to get his hands going again, his, his brain ticking at, a, at the NHL level again. And, and like you said, when a team's on a heater, it's a lot easier to sit a guy out, not to rush him. Yeah. They play tonight, Thomas. Okay. So I, I Columbus opinion, against no Columbus Blue tonight. Jackets, and guess who they play on uh, Thursday? Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. You, now you, let me ask you this, Vanner. Would you? They're on a they're on a thirteen game winning streak right now. Now, as a coach, if you were the coach of this team, mm -hmm. when if you kept on winning, let's say you won five more games. Would you be inserting Corey Perry into this lineup? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe, like I said, I, I would give him at least a week. But then at, at some point, I got to put him in there and see where he fits. So that Chicago game doesn't mean anything to you or to him? No. Okay. Okay. All right. I just didn't know if there's timing to that because sometimes people love storylines. So it's like right. this, the, no, the no. timing of this. If is anything, if anything, they want to avoid that storyline, right? Okay. So I was I was saying to Craig this morning I, I was in the I'm in the in the camp of I mean not that my opinion matters about what they do in Edmonton but I would say if they win tonight in Columbus and everyone's healthy going into that game against Chicago why insert him you know there's no need you know what I mean and then if they're yeah. healthy after Chicago and they win and they have one more game before they have a break I'm looking at their schedule right now so I mean is there is there a need to get him in before the All Star break. I would play him that last game just to see, just to give him, you know, again, the, the practicing and, and being off for two months, not being in a game, it's different. You can skate as much. I mean, you guys know this. We, we all know this. Skating on your own and doing stuff is completely different than than playing in a game again and getting the, the brain ticking again, the hands going again, the feet moving again. So, yeah, I would assume they'll, they'll at least put him into one game before the, the break. I, I, my, my thought is this, it's very simple. Um, if this team, uh, continues to win, uh, Corey Perry will not go in the lineup period, just absolute period. You do not under any circumstances, do you change a winning lineup? I don't care who it is when you're but winning. What are you talking about? You were going to change UPL after he was winning. Why would oh, you yeah, change a winning lineup? 
Nice call on that one too, Thomas. We nailed that one. Of course we did. Why would you change we a winning, winning lineup? Why would you we're, change a winning lineup, bro? One one game is not a winning streak, man. <laughs> it's what are you a talking winning lineup. About? Are you serious right now? They've won <laughs> two goddamn games in a row this year. Twice. That's not a win. We're talking about a 13-game heater in Edmonton. Yeah, but Craig, if you lose Big 12 difference. games in a row and you win that 13th, you now have a winning lineup. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Winner. Just on fire. Riffs, who, who are the bottom six forwards for the Oilers right now? Don't look it up. Um, Yarn Crook. Ryan. Uh, bottom six, McLeod. That uh, Fogley, uh, what? How do you say his name, Petey Fogley? Fogel. Good enough for Fogel. me. Fogel. Okay, Fogel. How many is that? Five. That's four. Um, and that would kind of be uh Brown, Connor Brown. Connor Brown. Okay. Yeah. That would probably be all I, I can get. Okay. I got five out of six. That's right good. Now. That's good. So the sixth guy, we don't even know, but if if you can you replace any of those five guys and just put Corey Perry in there and it's it's gonna make your lineup I would not a winning lineup. Well, I, I, I think right now, like that Fogel and and I love and I mean love the McLeod kid. He yeah. he looks like Connor McDavid. He flies like Connor McDavid. He is a he is an absolute scud missile on the ice. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um but you know, Ryan, I think, is older, right? He's he's yeah. I mean, I think the guy 35. you missed is Sam Gagne. You know, like I said, I, I think I think you Sam can Gagne is still playing. He's there. <laughs> he's there. So my whole point is I, I I get it, right? That's the old school mentality. You don't ever change a winning lineup. But if you can improve your lineup while you're winning, why would you not do that? But it, it's it's important to understand vibe in in a dressing room, okay? Vibe in a dressing room. When you when nothing is broken and things are going on flying on all cylinders, it means that everybody right. in that locker room is doing their job. Connor McDavid's job is very different than McLeod and McLeod's job is very different than Ryan and 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 vice versa. And and the defense pairs they're 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 synced Together and they're playing well together. The power plays working, the penalty kills working. Everything is working. I would not change that lineup until you have a loss. That's it. I, I, I would I don't not like change the mentality it. because it's actually when you're winning, it's easier to change the lineup because you are playing well. Well, I mean, if it, it, listen, I mean, if that's what you want to do, you do what you do but I would not be changing that lineup for any stretch for any player, because sometimes you can insert a player that it has a very big personality. Corey Perry has a big personality. He, he, um, I wouldn't say is going to be a distraction. I think it's what you had said earlier is you want to insert Corey Perry into the environment and have him just practice so when he does go into the lineup everybody is over 
the oh we got Corey Perry here because believe me in 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 Edmonton right now they're pretty excited to have Corey Perry in their lineup okay on their team now it's get them acclimated to the team um allow the team to continue to do what it's done over the last month and just let let this team win games let Corey Perry, because you don't need Corey Perry now when the team's winning. You need it when the playoffs start. So if they lose a game, you insert Corey Perry. If they do not lose games, I would not change that lineup. That's it. But that's my opinion. Anything to add to that, Thomas? Nope. Go on and on about this. This is just difference in philosophy. It's not, there's no right or right. wrong. I mean, yeah, there's no, no right, right or, wrong. or wrong at all. Like, no, I mean, there's... if you were to tell me like I'm, I'm inserting Corey Perry and I'm going to take out uh player X on the fourth line, I'd be like, okay, I don't have yeah, a problem with right. that. Right. Right. But right, no. I wouldn't do it just because of the winning attitude and everything seems to be in sync. And when you have that in sync team and driving it all in the same direction, you don't want to touch it. Just let them do what they do. So the New York Islanders have a new coach. He's one to know. This is a trend this year. I mean, I feel like uh, a lot of coaches this year. If, am I wrong? But that is, maybe is a lot the wrong word. But you had Edmonton fired their coach. St. Louis fired their coach. Minnesota fired their coach. Ottawa fired their coach. Islanders just fired their coach. Am I missing one? Uh, no, I think you got it. That's five coaches. I actually thought it was more than that already, but I I don't know. No, I'm I'm wondering too. There's if, I, <laughs> if I'm missing one. Well, Columbus they started with Babcock. Yeah, but that doesn't count. Really. It wasn't in season. Okay, all right. It's good to I, listen. I'm happy to see Patrick Waugh back in the NHL. I I I know guys that have played for him and they absolutely loved him. What what does he bring? We already know energy, passion. Forget about the knowledge and and the wisdom from, you know, being the greatest at arguably, arguably. I got to make sure I put that word in there. The greatest at his position and seeing the game and and knowing what he knows. But it's the passion and the energy that he brings to that that team that he infuses, not just in the locker room but in the in the whole franchise. I agree. I think it's a. Uh... It's not a Lou hire, really. I mean, it doesn't seem like like that. But when I first saw it, I was surprised. You know, I thought Ottawa would go after him early in the year, and it didn't happen. But I think for the Islanders, that's fantastic. I I, I love him. I, I I love when a coach is so passionate behind the bench, speaks his mind. You can tell he he. That's a former player who still wants to play. And he, you know, I, I think he said in his interview the best. He's like, the reason he does it is because that's what makes him tick. He could stay at home and play golf and do it. And I'm obviously much younger than him, but I mean, I coach my kids and that game days, they, they still get me pumped up. I love it. So, uh, yeah, he brings a ton of energy. I, I love his interviews. I think he's so knowledgeable. His and first just, game in the NHL coaching, do you remember <laughs> what he did? He goes down and he smacks the glass in between. There was like a huge, like something happened and he went down and he just hammered the glass. It was, I think, his <laughs> first game coaching. 
And I think the guys were like, holy shit, man. Like he walked yeah. down to the end of the bench and just fucking snapped. So when was the last time he coached in, in the league with well, Colorado? Was, he's been in the queue. It was seven years ago. Like seven, yeah. seven years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I think, I think, uh, I think this time around, um, you have a very, you have a very knowledgeable guy that took a lot. He he's won a lot in his life, right? He knows what it takes to win. He knows what type of team that you need to have. You need to have high end skill. You need to have the top defenseman. You need to have mm-hmm. great goaltending. You need to have all this. He knows the recipe. Now it's to motivate, um, these guys to perform at a higher level than what they're doing now on Long Island. And he's got a great team. Like, you know, Matthew Barzell, Bo Horvat, uh, Brock Nelson, uh, Kyle Palmieri, Anders Lee. Uh, like, I mean, there's a lot of really, really good hockey players on this team. And I'm going to throw a guy out here, which I, I'm now looking at their team. I am shocked right now. Do you know how many points Noah Dobson has this year? I only know this. I am sh- if I am you would sh- ask me this Thomas, before I'm Patrick shocked. Waugh, if you would ask me this before Patrick Waugh, uh, was hired. I wouldn't have known, but I went and looked at the roster to see what like he's taking over in its entirety. Yes. And I yes. was like, holy shit. Yes, I did the exact same thing, PD. Noah Dobson, I think he was a first rounder. Um, he, yes, he, he was. He, okay, he was a first rounder. It's taken a couple years to come into mm-hmm. his own. I, I'm shocked at his point totals. 46 games played this year. He's got six goals, 47 points, plus 19. Like I'm, I knew he had a great year. I didn't know he had, uh, yeah, that type of year. I mean, pretty that's... impressive uh, point totals. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. with a team that's kind of like a, the the middle of the pack that is still there for the the playoff wild card. There's going to be a a real solid push by them hey, too. The Islanders are teetering right now. Yes, in my opinion, on the if they do not make any moves to acquire some better younger pieces. They're fucked. They're going to sit. They're going to sit 9, 10, 11 in the conference every single year because they're, they're just, they're not, they do not worry me at all. They do not have, they're just like a, they're just like a, a sound team, but they're missing, they're missing a few pieces. And I don't, I don't know what it is because I don't watch them enough, but they're not, they're not making anybody nervous at all in the next few years, in my opinion, if they stay the way they are. I disagree with you. I think I think I think the coaching change is going to bring a lot of different structure to it. And what's what's the Islanders' biggest piece on that team? Barzell. No. No. Um, Not Barzell. I don't know. No. Where are you going with this? What Basically. position did the coach play? Goalie. So Who do they have? About, well, they have Varlamov and they have Sorokin. Sorokin. Sorokin to me is is a, a top three, top five for sure goaltender in this league. How's he doing Anytime. this year? Huh? How's he doing this year? His goals against <laughs> average is 3.17. Save percentage is 0. 0.910, which is which is not not uh certainly not terrible. Especially when the team's faltering and not playing, not playing great. Right? So sometimes you got to throw the numbers out and just ask: w- Would you take him on your team right now? Oh my god, I, I oh would god, give absolutely. anything, 
to get that go. goaltender. Exactly. So with with the new structure and this goaltending, I agree. That's an it's an older team. They don't have a ton of young pieces. But I think that's this this is one of those teams where you just have to get in the playoffs because they do have on defense some good pieces. I think offensively they can score, but they're gonna have to win with goaltending out. And I think, you know, and Patrick Raw, I think he he understands that. He knows that, and he's gonna change that system pretty quickly and it's not a team i would want to face in the playoffs yeah i'm looking at the roster here i don't know i guess this is nothing against brock nelson i think brock nelson fucking awesome hockey player okay but i just feel like when guys have been there for that long and it just feels like he's almost like to me feels like kind of a stale piece in long island do you know what i mean that's why there's a coaching change because sometimes things do get stale and you get somebody like him and it's it's not a it's not just a coaching change where, uh, you know, a guy comes in and he's quiet, you know, known for his systems. I mean, this guy, I mean, did you guys watch the first game? I see highlights of it. How much? Well, I know they won in overtime, up, but that was about up, it. You, if you watch him on the bench, I mean, he is up and down, walking, talking. I mean, his energy is, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And, you know. From what I've heard, he is he is really involved over the last five years coaching in juniors, his own team. And you can tell by his interviews. I think he's still wants to get heated more, but then he catches himself and he's like, Nope, sometimes I gotta let the guys play. I still gotta learn from this. But the one thing you cannot take away from him, just listening to him, is just his passion. I mean, those guys are gonna play really, really hard for him. Listen, I'm going to tell you what, I don't want to transition this over to Buffalo. But one of my biggest issues with Don Granado is his lack of passion. Like, I I don't know his X's and O's. I don't, I mean, it's not necessarily translating on the ice to the point where we can say that everything's, everything he's teaching them is absolutely beautiful. I think lack of passion is is, is not the right word because if you coach in the NHL or you're involved in the NHL, passion is definitely not lacking. I think maybe showing it. That's just correct, a different personality. Can I correct myself? Yep. After you after you corrected me, and I appreciate that, but how about lack of energy? Let me stop you right there, Petey, because you mentioned passion. Because no one has more passion than the attorneys at Salino Law. They're there to take on the insurance companies to get you what you deserve for your accident. Need a personal injury attorney? Call the eights. Call Salino Law. 888-888-888. 8888 Sure that's that to me that's that's part of personality right i mean we, we have all had different coaches where some of them just kind of stood back there and critiqued between periods after and games fine. and then i had other that's coaches who were into the game changing systems and you but you the feed guys off that are energy. sitting back you guys both played for a lot of coaches okay so my question is this the coaches that sit back and might be a little more reserved because of their personalities. Um, are there pieces around him in that uh, coach's room that does have a little bit of energy that does have a little bit of fire? Because I can tell you this, Thomas, and you know this, that, that, you know, Kutchy, you know, was, was quiet, but he would speak up. Arneal had a fuse. Jeep had a fuse. We already knew that Lindy had a fuse. <laughs> okay. So, like, 
the only guy that we didn't have to worry about snapping on us was fucking Jimmy Corsi. You know what I mean? And Tepa so, Newman in my time <laughs> later. But so my point is, is like, <laughs> no, I get like, your point. I feel like, like, look at St. Louis. Okay. You had Barube, whatever, but, but look at the guys you had on the, on the other sides of them. You know, like, look, every team has a guy that has some kind of fire. And I just don't, to bring it back to Buffalo, I just don't feel like there's any fire on the bench coming from the guys that look at the numbers. Well, I mean, Rick Tockett is a perfect example, right? I mean, that's a guy with a sh- shit ton of passion, fire, and it's it's reflecting on the team's play. But okay, let's just I, stop for one second there, though. All right. And I want to add to that because I am you're a thousand percent. I know we've all watched Rick Tockett, and the way that he played the game was unbelievable. Not only was he a very skilled guy that scored goals, he was as tough as they possibly came. And now he's coaching in his second stint in the National Hockey League, okay? Who's his assistants? Third third stint as as coaching? I think he took over in Tampa there the one year. Okay. Who who's his assistants in in uh in Vancouver? Who do you bring uh, I know in? Mike Yo. Uh, Adam Foot. Mike Yo as Adam a player, Foote. as a as a person was a very tough power forward when he played the game didn't play in the NHL but played uh in the in in the minors and he was as tough as friggin nails okay he coached in multiple places before he shows up in Vancouver it's an unbelievable hiring this is a guy that's coached as a head coach in the league who else did he bring in Adam Foot Adam Foot Adam Foot Sergey Goncher like do you not think that Adam Foot is adding and giving what he knows to all of those defensemen, okay, that that he is talking to these players, this is what I need from you. I need you to play this way. You have Sergei Gonchar, that is probably the only one on the bloody planet right now that can sit there and have a, a cordial conversation with Quentin Hughes. Quentin Hughes is, is a runner-gunner rover. He's not a defenseman. He's He's better than most of the forwards in the bloody league. Sergey Gonchar has the ability to sit down with Quinn Hughes and discuss how he can get better because he was the same type of defenseman. Like the the setup coaching wise what they have in Vancouver is like I mean it's just it's in it's incredible. I can't imagine what the culture is like there. I can't imagine what playing in Vancouver top of the league Top of the league, top of the conference. Okay. I mean, you got guys performing at unbelievable rates. You got coaches that have been there, done that, won that. You're playing in Canada. I couldn't imagine what it's like playing for the Vancouver Canucks right now. It's tell you what. I don't know if Rick Tockett won a Stanley Cup, but we know that Adam Foote did, and we know the type of player he was. And just like what we just talked about with Patrick Waugh, his he knows the makeup of a team in what you need to be successful. Okay. When you look at Sergey Gonchar, who has won a Stanley cup, you know, he knows in his makeup on his team, what it takes to be successful, to win championships and to have these guys with that type of pedigree 
coming into this and and giving their knowledge every single day and keeping those guys accountable. Because I'm going to tell you, no one's going to talk back to Adam Foote. No one's going to tell Sergey Gonchar he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about when you're talking about a power play or Adam Foote's talking about the penalty kill. These guys know. They've been through it. I believe, I feel like Tockett won a Stanley Cup as a assistant coach with the Penguins. Yeah, he did. Didn't win one as a player, but he definitely won one as a, as a coach, assistant coach with the Penguins. Um, Back to Petey, though, your point, I, I got to get this off my chest. You said, what a tremendous culture that must be there. I hate that word. Teams never give away information on injuries. Upper body, lower body, that's it. But the attorneys at Salino Law have a lot to say about dealing with injuries. If you're in a car crash and you have been injured, call Salino, 800-555-5555. Who doesn't love a great pregame meal? You're in luck. Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino has the Buffalo Sabres home game dinner special. Available on home game days, Wednesday through Saturday, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Three-course prime rib dinner special, 50 bucks a purse at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We all played and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, this is, we created a great culture. You hear it all the time. We created a, what is culture? The only thing that's great when you're on good teams is that you're winning. That's the best part. You can yeah, have a great I... culture and you can still suck. There's yeah, I understand. Teams that that go around and say, "Oh yeah, we'll we created some great culture here." Okay, so can I... culture doesn't translate into culture. winning. Every single player here in Buffalo absolutely wants to be here. Kevin Adams cleared out all the shit, all the negativity. He's got a team that wants to be here, but they're still not winning. So that needs to be figured out. Now you've built. I I like the I like the word culture. I I hate to say it, Vanner. I'm going to disagree with you. I don't mind the word culture because culture means that you love your environment. You want to be on that team. We had players that came here that didn't want to play for Buffalo Sabres. It was just a, it was just a, a stopping point in their career. You have a bunch of players here that really like playing for the Buffalo Sabres. Now Kevin Adams needs to go out and continue to put the right pieces together because he's got an unbelievable war chest of, of talent. Now he's got to go out and put the pieces together. That's so. Fit. So explain to me what, who who are those players that all moved on? Uh, a Sam Reinhardt, a Montour, uh, O'Reilly, a Nichol. Yeah, Rodriguez. They moved like, on I mean, because because culture. Very much. So so Sam I'll, Reinhardt didn't like playing here. <laughs> now that was because of because losing. he's I sick of that. because he's sick of losing and nothing is being built or because of culture nothing of culture it's because of winning 
Well, I will that, say that's, this. That's my only. I I, I do understand. Okay, so the so is it getting to riffs? I'm just saying. I think the word culture in sports is just so overrated. Well, it's, hold on a second. Yes, I guess it, it, it. I guess maybe if you haven't experienced it using it, you might not really. But if we're going to use it as a blanket statement or blanket term, fine. I used it as a blanket term. Mm-hmm. What I meant to say was, and I guess Riv kind of used the word. And if if you're you're on this fucking war path of trying to correct my grammar today because you didn't like my other word that I no used. no 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 I, just because I no, used no. areola earlier <laughs> <laughs> no. so, but environment I yeah. guess what I meant to say I can't imagine what the environment would be out there because even if they were losing those coaches that we just mentioned would be able to have the right environment or still set the right culture and mindset to get through those times that's all I was saying yeah, no, right. no, I there, and I'm not. You said it perfectly, PD. I wasn't correcting you or anything, yeah, but my were. whole point was he was correcting me, wasn't he, Craig? Yes. No, no, no. Because <laughs> how many teams say in the off season or at the start of the season we have a great culture, love it, we, we built something great here. Well, I will say, and this. then you don't hear from him for months. I'm just going to say this, Vanner. Um, you have been the fucking on. team makes the league, so every everyone has a great culture. No, and that's 16 not true. teams make the playoffs, and there's a lot of the same teams that don't make the playoffs. And then you ever you ever watch Jack Eichel? You ever watch Jack Eichel six years ago when he was here in Buffalo, roll his eyes after every single Paul Hamilton question, and he argued with Mike Harrington. He, he like he was beside himself with every other question and rolling his eyes. And this is the leader of our team, and it was a friggin' joke, man. And his negativity spread through so many others in this team. So many others. Now, I know players that played on that team. And they were like, it was a fractured environment. A fractured culture. You had players that bitched and moaned and complained. Instead of finding solutions, the easy thing is just to get traded. Get me out of here. Because I don't like it. That's... That's leadership. That's that. That starts from the top. You set the tone yeah. differently. That kid should have never been a captain. That's not uh, his fault right. that they put him in that situation. Uh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. What? There you go. Leadership has nothing to do with culture. No, I. I, I think agreeing. he was saying. There I'm you agreeing go. I think with he's, you. He's agreeing with. I'm you. totally agreeing with. Yeah. You. Um. But but or, the point is, when Kevin Adams took over multiple, um, other GMs' thought processes. He realized that when he acquired a team, that the culture was fractured. The environment was fractured. He had to make extremely, extremely tough decisions to trade away a franchise player because he had to, because he was so, he was so damaged mentally from the previous six years of getting beaten down and and not winning, just like you said, the winning is a big part of it. But Kevin Adams need to make he'd need to make a major move, and that was changing the culture. He he traded away the Ristolainen, who is had been there in a bad environment and lost. He traded away Sam Reinhardt. Sam Reinhardt obviously flourishing in Florida right now. The point is he had to move those guys to change the culture. Casey Middlestat, Darlene, Skinner, Tuck, Turka, Thompson, Cousins, Power, Akposo, Benson, Olison, Greenway. These are all players 
that are in an environment. So why that why love the culture? Okay, let me ask you then why um, when when Vancouver hired Rick Tockett, why didn't they trade away Quinn Hughes, Pedersen, all their best players just to get a new new environment and a new culture? They did. They got rid of they got rid of Oliver Ekman Larson. <laughs> but you're talking of you, Rivs is talking about Eichel, Reinhardt. Those are all you're talking the top about, players. I'm talking about why, why didn't they get rid of their best players and start over because the culture needed to be I, changed? I was just throwing a dart at where I thought the issue was. I mean, there's the one player ain't there. the issue. Come on, you guys What's have that? been in locker rooms. Who one player? One one play. You're talking about Eichel, Reinhardt. I'm just talking. I'm talking. I'm not even talking about attitude. I'm talking more just about a seven million dollar guy who's all offense, no defense, and doesn't help you win games. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not. So I don't know. But you're talking about you're talking about Quinn Hughes and why he didn't because he why he didn't rebel because he's so young. He's he's still only how many how many years into his his playing career? Four, three, four. How old was Eichel when he got traded? Twenty-three. He played old. six. He played six full, six or seven full years in the NHL before he got moved. Like Elias Pettersson had played in the playoffs with the Vancouver Canucks, so he he had a taste of winning. He had a taste of 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 being successful, right? And there has been moves in in Vancouver, and I'll, Quinn Hughes was not a player that you need to worry about because he's so young still. That's just that's just my opinion. Like the guys that they have brought in there, the guys you had to worry about were guys like Brock Besser, um, uh, J.T. Miller. These were the guys that were running the team. J.T. Miller was not happy. If you remember back, J.T. Miller was very unimpressed with the environment of the Vancouver Canucks. Do you remember his statements that he had said a year or two ago? Do you remember that, Petey? Uh, Say that again. JT Miller had come out. He was not happy with how things were being handled there. And uh, um, I can't remember the exact article, but he he was showing his displeasure. And what was going on? So uh, I, that's 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 bad culture, or just because he thought the leadership wasn't the right way. Who was the coach then? Was that Boudreaux? How do you uh, Boudreaux? Yes, Fuck. yes. Yeah, was... Well, I mean, okay. Next, yeah. Let's move on. My whole point—I I didn't want to get into this at all. My whole point was: I think culture. It's just an overrated phrase in sports. You have good leadership, you build good teams, expectations are different. And then if you win, then it's winning is everything, right? Winning is everything. That'll do it today for After the Whistle, presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Thanks for listening. Talk to you tomorrow.